1: Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim.
2: And I'm Christina M.
1: Talking about secrets, we have no secrets in our home. <laughs> but right. in today's interview, you are going to learn about a parenting secret that'll change everything.
2: Yes, today we are interviewing Dave and Anne Wilson. You may be thinking, hey, I've heard that name before. Mm -hmm. Yes, because they have been on our podcast previously talking about Vertical Marriage, their book in 2018 that came out. But this time they are going to be joining us and talking about... Their newest book, No Perfect Parents, Ditch Expectations, Embrace Reality, and Discover the One Secret That Will Change Your Parenting.
1: Yeah, this interview was such a blast. Yeah,
2: we were laughing. Oh, You'll hear my us. I'm going to have to turn down the editing as I'm like <laughs> laughing, like yeah, belly yeah. laughing. Y'all know how I can get up there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. I mean, they are absolutely the best. They are hilarious. And you can tell the amount of experience they have in speaking, in speaking. And, but in speaking vulnerably about their lives and what they've learned, they themselves say multiple times on this episode that they are not perfect, that they are not experts, but boy, do they have a ton of wisdom mm-hmm. that we've gleaned and we are excited to share with you as well.
2: So if this is your first time hearing about Dave and Anne, we'll tell you a little bit more about them. So they are the authors of Vertical Marriage and No Perfect Parents. Additionally, they tour around as speakers and are radio hosts of the nationally syndicated radio show, Family Life Today. But it's their singular passion for enriching lives through spreading the word and wisdom of God that truly defines them.
1: Awesome. Well, let's listen in. Well welcome back Dave and Anne. we're so glad to have you on our podcast again.
3: We are glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a while.
4: We're excited to be with you
3: guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: back. well, we moved countries. COVID happened. Uh, you guys transitioned out of your church. We're transitioning into our church. So lots have happened. The journey is yeah. happening. <laughs> exactly.
3: And lots yeah,
1: <laughs> and, and last time you were on, and, and we'll link to this in the show notes, uh, we were talking to you about your, at that time, new book, Vertical Marriage. Uh, so, But this time, what we were wanting to do is... man, you. Guys guys are just like pumping out material and And (laughs) with your so good yes it is so good and and today we want to talk to you about your newest book no perfect parents right so um really we want to unpack that and and the parenting secret that changes everything really from this book uh, no perfect parents so before we dive in we'd love to just hear a bit about your family and a story that proves you guys aren't perfect parents (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh
4: gosh. Well, maybe I should start there then because <laughs> I'm the least perfect of the two of us. <laughs> no,
3: it's two imperfect uh, parents. And our kids are perfect though. I don't know how
4: that happened. Nope, they're not. <laughs> well, just, just put it down that none of us are perfect. We have three kids, three sons actually, who are now all married. Um, we have six grandkids. And so it's been interesting, this process of having adult kids, because <laughs> these adult kids have now come back and told us this is how we're not so perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. but we, yeah, honestly, wait, I,
3: I would say, wait till your kids are adults. But, There's going to be some interesting. Conversations. Oh, i have sure. It's
4: been awesome <laughs> because they feel the freedom to come back and tell mm-hmm. us. And because we are so appreciative of that, we actually asked ask them to write in our book at the end of chapters just to say, hey if you guys could comment on whether this worked or it didn't work or what you wish would have happened, we'd really appreciate that. So that part was really fun and we've learned a lot. I feel like our family has gone even deeper because of their honesty. Mm.
1: Dave, how about you? You want to add another story to that?
4: (laughs) Oh, I have a story
3: though. (laughs) Okay.
4: We We want to hear it all. Yeah. 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 So I guess I'm not going to (laughs) say So, Dave, um, this is when our kids were little. Uh, I can't even remember. I think that they were four, seven and nine. And uh, it was one of those days where as a mom, I kind of worked part time. So I'm home a lot with the boys. It'd been just a rough day ended rough with three little boys. Anybody with all sons knows it is chaotic (laughs) and loud and you're exhausted. And they happened to be fighting a lot that night. I have a son with ADD and he was, I was trying to get him to do his spelling words. And I'm telling you, it was just fighting, screaming. I'm trying to correct them. But the whole time I'm thinking, why isn't Dave home yet? Like, where is he? And um, and that's why I <laughs> that was <laughs> probably <laughs> so anyway, something happened. They broke something. CJ knocked something over. The boys are screaming, punching each other, fighting. And I got so frustrated because like nothing is going the way they that I want. And I was like, I just said, oh, my gosh. And I just kind of yelled that I kicked the law and my foot went oh. into the wall. <laughs> creating this giant hole. And now, of course, I have these three boys, all eyes are on me and they run to the kitchen and they're just amazed. And like, oh, my gosh, my mom, our mom kicked a hole in the wall. (laughs) The four year old looks at me with utter amazement. And he says to me, mom, we had no idea how strong you were. So and then to make it worse, I'm thinking, oh no, the pastor is going to be home in a minute, my (laughs) husband. And what am I going to tell him? So I run up the stairs. I get this is wallpaper days. I get wallpaper out, run down, clip out the (laughs) wallpaper, cover it up before Dave even gets home. I'm sure that was teaching my kids (laughs) hiding, hiding the what you've just done. Anyway. Dave walks into the door and I'm hoping they forgot about it. But all three sons run to Dave and they say, dad, you won't believe what mom did. She kicked a (laughs) hole in the wall tonight. And then as if any of you with young kids or older kids or teenage kids know, I go to bed that night and I am plagued with guilt, Mm. remorse, thinking I'm going to mess up my kids. I've already messed up my kids. Um, and I was, and even though I had already apologized to them, I had already asked forgiveness, I'd already asked God's forgiveness, but man, I was plagued and continued to be for years. Right, And I really, I think it's even worse now for moms, that comparison, hmm. the guilt. I mean, we just are plagued and I feel like it's crippling sometimes for us as moms. So there I am. <gasps> Not a perfect parent. <laughs> well, and you had talked about in the book and also the
2: conversations you've had with uh, your sons as they've been adults. Do they remember, as adults, do they remember that moment and sort of have, do they see it the same way that you do?
4: That's interesting. Note to parents. I always prayed that my kids would forget
3: all the, you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> That's a great thing to pray. Selective that is memorizing. awesome. Yeah.
4: Please help them to forget all the things that I messed up. <laughs> um. I would say, I don't know if Cody, I think he remembers it a little bit, the youngest, but the other two remember it. But the thing that CJ, the oldest son, which it was, I felt most remorse about him okay. because I was doing his spelling words and I was afraid that he would connect that with incredible shame. Mm. And so um, he wrote in the book, like mom used to apologize to us. And then this is what I did later. I wrote an apology note to him and I the boys would tease me oh here's another letter from mom of apology (laughs) that they'd get in the morning even though i had already apologized and it made me and they said mom you didn't have to do that why did you keep doing that why did you keep beating yourself Mm. up and you know the enemy of our soul satan what's he called the accuser of the brethren and i realized oh i wish i had taken my thoughts captive More, Hmm. you know. I wish I wouldn't have gone there and beaten myself up because Jesus isn't beating me up. That's right. The gospel is He already died for my sins. He's already taken that away. And um, our kids didn't hold it against me. They look at back that now and think Mom was crazy (laughs) sometimes, but she was a blast the next day, and she was fun. And they never felt it was about them. It was about. My own thing.
2: Wow, that is powerful. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for sharing that because I think, same thing, I'm thinking of times where I've lost my cool, where, you know, said some things, done some things that I, same thing, I'm praying that they don't remember. (laughs) So that brings me a lot (laughs) of hope that maybe A, they won't remember or B, they'll just see it as, you know, actually, I remember mom apologizing Mm. versus what she did. So.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that. And it shows if we were perfect
2: parents, our kids wouldn't need Jesus. Exactly. (laughs) Very true. So that's it. Yeah, we're pointing them to Jesus in everything.
1: (laughs) So that was intentional. Yeah, definitely. That's right. It's a spiritual growth principle, right?
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So Dave, do you have anything to add to that?
3: You you know, I, I opened the book with a story that sort of captures my perspective on becoming a dad. I mean, mm. in some ways it's just this, this moment where I remember talking to an older, an older mom who had kids and grandkids at the time. And she was, um, you know, sort of reflecting on her life. And, you know, it it started like this all American dream story, you know, married 25 years. Her husband was a pilot. They lived in a gated community in New Jersey cause he flew out of New York. They had four kids. Five kids really. She called it four jacks and a queen, so four boys and a and a girl. Mm. And anyway, as she's telling me this story, she gets to get sort of teary as she says at year twenty five she s- suspected that her husband, now a captain with the airlines, was having an affair. Mm. She literally catches him in the affair by calling the hotel. You know, back in those days there were no, you know, people you could hire in video. She just called the hotel and asked the receptionist if Captain Ralph had checked in and the woman didn't realize he's talking to Captain Ralph's wife and said, yeah, he just went to his room with his wife. Oh. So Janice was her name, tells me that she realized um, her husband was indeed having an affair. Mm. Only to find out when she confronted him that that was one of multiple affairs. Oh, no. And so she divorces him. This is in the early 60s when divorce wasn't that mm-hmm. common. And she moves to where her parents live uh, states away, actually in Ohio, because... That's the only way she knew how to start a new life as a single mom with two little boys. She had a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah. The
4: other kids were in college, and you say? And the,
3: older kids, the other kids were older, 10 years older. They were in college. Mm-hmm. And so she gets to Ohio where she finds out several weeks after the move that her youngest son is diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, no. And he dies oh. within two oh, months. No. Um, so you can imagine. She's telling me the story. She's in tears. Well, I'm crying pretty hard because yeah. you might have guessed. And if you've read our book, you already <laughs> know, but, uh, Janice was my mom yeah. and I was the seven year old mm. and Craig, was my little brother, uh, the five year old. In fact, our oldest son, CJ is named after Craig, not to bring him back, mm. but just, mm-hmm. uh, just a tribute right. to him. So I come into, you know, marriage, never really knowing what a husband did or look like. Cause my dad just wasn't that involved in my mm. life. I saw him a couple days or a couple mm-hmm. times, uh, a year. Um, and then as I become a dad, I can remember looking down at our firstborn CJ and thinking, I have no clue. Right. Uh and again, not that you have a clue even if you have a dad, <laughs> but not having a dad, I was just like, What does a dad do? Especially a Christian dad who's trying to raise his family in a in a in a godly right. way. I literally was empty. You know, I couldn't even look to Ann's dad, who was my high school baseball coach and I knew him well. But he didn't really raise a Christian family. Mm. So I was like, what do I do? And so one of the things I did as we were starting our church 30 years ago is I started, you know, I'd see a dad with his teenage boys or daughters that were teenagers. Like, I hope my kid is acting like that when mm. they're teenagers. And I'd take them out to breakfast mm. or lunch and just ask them questions mm. just to learn. Obviously read everything I could, went to every conference I could, but I learned how to be a dad from some of the good dads in yeah. our church. And I tell you, there was there were some common denominators that every dad said. One was they prayed like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember when our oldest CJ was born, I, I put it in the book as well. I decided to take Fridays and fast and pray all day mm-hmm. for my kids. And I've done it now for 34 years, still doing it. And um, God's honored those prayers mm-hmm. in in many ways, you know. Um, even when I did their weddings, you know, as the dad and also the pastor at the wedding, I'm looking at my future daughter-in-law, you know, and they have no idea, but I've been praying (sighs) for them before they were even born, Precious, you know, asking God to protect them and raise them to be women of God. And I'm standing there in our chapel, looking at these girls going, oh my goodness, this is a dream come (sighs) true, you know, to be able to see God honor that. So that's one thing I would say to moms and dads. I mean, And I know they're desperately praying anyway, but man, oh man, commit to lifting up your kids every day because you can't do it. Only he can do it. And even if they're walking away right now, or you're worried about the direction they're in, Mm -hmm. the best thing you can do, there's all kinds of other things you can do. And we put as many as we (laughs) could in the book, but the best thing you can do is just lift them up and say, God, apart from you and a supernatural move by you, um, this isn't going to turn... For the better. So we're asking you to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's wonderful. At the top of the podcast, uh, as we were introducing your newest book, No Perfect Parents, uh, we talked about wanting to unpack the parenting secret that changes everything. So would you guys mind uh unpacking that for us?
3: Well, that's a secret, so we can't <laughs> tell anybody. <laughs>
1: But yeah, it's all just, in their book. <laughs> just just between us, right? Yeah. Imagine there's no <laughs> one listening. In <laughs> right, as long as it's just between yes. us, okay. We'll let you know. um,
3: actually, the subtitle is the same subtitle we had for vertical marriage. Was the one secret that'll change mm. your marriage? And if you guys remember, it, it, obviously it isn't really a big secret. But I think in marriage, and it's true in parenting as well. Most couples, even Christian. Church-going couples in marriage often either forget or miss the secret is simple. It's like your spouse is never going to complete you, even though Jerry Maguire says it's going to happen. <laughs> right. They don't they don't complete you. And, and that doesn't mean they're, you know, it can be a wonderful marriage, but we know, and you know, as a pastor, I preach this all the time, and I wasn't living it, that going vertical means you're only going to find happiness in life in your vertical relationship with mm-hmm. Christ. That was the secret. Mm-hmm. You know, the bachelor and the bachelorette, it doesn't work. You can try to find the one, and even after you find the perfect guy or the perfect girl, it just doesn't seem to satisfy, and it's because you're looking in the wrong place. Right. you got to look vertical. The same thing in some ways is true about parenting. Uh, we We thought this way. Most parents never ask a critical question, which I think leads to the secret. And the critical question is this, what are we trying to raise? Mm-hmm. What what are we hoping our son or daughter, whether they're two or five or 15, what are they going to be when they're 25, when they're 30, 35? What kind of adult are they going to be? And I don't think a lot of parents even ask that question. And if they do, I think often the answer is just not good enough. Yeah. I think often we just go, man, you know, and we've asked parents this, this mm-hmm. question. They look at you first like, Oh, wow. We've never even talked about right. that. Okay. Let's talk about it now. What What are you hoping they'll be? And they say things like, you know, successful and happy and well-rounded and some even say popular. And then you just, you know, if you peel back each mm-hmm. one of those, you go, okay, what's success? Mm. Right? Do you really want your high school to be popular at that high school? You know, it's just like some of these things you peel back and you're like, wow, that bar is just it's nice, and there's nothing wrong with any mm-hmm. of those things.
4: Well, they're all good. It's like not you a want, high enough yeah. bar. You want your kids to be happy. But then the next question is, what brings them true happiness? Right. Yeah. You know, what is it that's going to bring contentment to their soul? Mm. Because a lot of times we think that they marry the right person, that they get the right job, that they're successful. And I, and but I, we're saying those are all good, but they're not good mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, and, and
3: we know, you know, if you think, okay, successful, it's like you can gain the whole world and lose that's your right. soul. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so as you think Think through that. I think the secret lies in okay. I think most parents would, with they peeled it back and said, okay, what are we really hoping for? It's about character. Yeah. It's about the kind of person they are. Of of course, we want them to be successful and have a good job and be happy. But at the end of the day, I think we're thinking, what kind of person are mm-hmm. they? And so we encourage people in the book to, uh, or parents in the book to say, okay, let's let's write this down. Yeah. You know, let's have a conversation uh and decide what are we shooting for especially if you got little kids this is the time mm-hmm. to do it because we all know this in a business in a church you're a pastor in a church if you don't know what your goal mm-hmm. is you don't know how to exactly. get there yeah. and you don't get there you get there you get nowhere yeah. basically well, it's
4: the old adage if you aim at nothing you'll yeah, hit that's right. and by the way just so you know when you if somebody did ask our kids they're like i don't know what their you know to mission statement i don't know but we did know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the kids,
3: the kids don't need to know. Okay. It isn't something you have to have them memorize. I mean, uh, our adult kids couldn't tell you today. They'd be like, yeah, it was something like this, but we put it in the book, the Wilson bullseye. We call it a bullseye Mm -hmm. on the, on the cover of the book is, you know, arrows missing Mm -hmm. a bullseye, which comes from Psalm one twenty seven, which says, you know, the, uh, blessed is the man who has a quiver full of arrows or children. And when you think about arrows and I'm not an archer, um, you shoot at something. You don't just hold them. That's right. Yep. You know, I, I was an old quarterback. You don't just throw a ball. You're throwing it at a target mm. with specific aim and direction. So the same thing's true about our parenting with our kids. It's like, what are we launching them toward? And again, if you don't know, then anything will happen. But if you do know, every leader knows this. Once you know the target, you now know I need a strategy exactly. to hit that yeah, target. That's right. So that's where you go back through. Even in our book, we said, okay, so if that's the target, Mm -hmm. what's that mean for toddlers? Mm -hmm. What's that mean for teenagers? And again, we're not sitting here again. That's why we called it No Perfect Parents. We did not do this perfectly. We messed it up every single mm day. (laughs) Just ask our kids. But you got to know what the target is.
4: I was going to say on the cover of the book, there is a target and there's about 10 arrows. (laughs) But there's only two that have actually (laughs) hit the
3: target. (laughs) Yeah. And we were like two for ten.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love what y'all are sharing about the goal and what, you know, the target is. And then also encouraging parents of young ones, even though I know it can be so overwhelming of like, what? I need to ask this question. They're not even walking yet.
0: (laughs) The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Available wherever books are sold.
4: Well, all you're trying to do at that point when your kids are little, you're like, Survival. thank you, Jesus, I made <laughs> it yes, today. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, all actually, alive.
2: Like, still there. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. And then in your in the book, y'all, um, podcast family, if you haven't read it, they do David and Ann, do just such a wonderful job of breaking down the stages. And uh, we would love for you to share with our podcast family maybe one piece of advice about each stage because I think you just really selected just the right ages Mm -hmm. and you have so much wisdom Mm -hmm. as you've walked through and now you have adult children. So how about we start with the first one, which is walking through the valley of the shadow, the discipline stage, which you say is uh, (laughs) ages one through five. (laughs)
3: yeah it's so funny when when our publisher you know went through our manuscript and sent us back they had the that stage I think their title was like the toddler years how wonderful and I'm like can I change that <laughs> title let's be real not many parents remember it as wonderful <laughs> so although it is wonderful
4: <laughs> when you're in it can't always fight yeah that's, you. Right.
1: that's
3: what i said but, you know Very walking trip. through the valley of the shadow <laughs> of death they're like really <laughs> I'm like, yeah, personally to because
4: that. everybody else understands so
1: that's, yes that's right <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah like they're in it right now uh, there's snot everywhere there's poop there's pee you know mm-hmm. you name it it's just craziness trying to get them to bed i mean we're watching our grandkids i mean our kids with their our grandkids yeah. i mean our, our, our son in denver when we zoom call with him or facetime
4: They have four kids under five. Yeah, Yeah. it's absolute pandemonium every second. They're running around. Kids are
3: yelling. They're grabbing the phone. And we're there. You know, even in their bedroom. I think we might have said something. No, I don't know where we said that. Uh, In the Vertical Marriage book, we referenced it. In their bedroom is a... Little tykes slide on top of their bed <laughs> you know, with tools at the bottom. You're like, that's the parents of toddlers. Yeah. You know, their bedroom's not even sacred. <laughs> you put a lock on your door so you can have five minutes of privacy. And <laughs> that doesn't even work. Yeah, they're, yeah that's the they're putting their like, hands underneath. Doing? What yep. are you doing?
2: <laughs> It's very true. Yeah, it's so
3: true. I mean, I think the easiest way to sort of walk you through the stages is um, – If you look, and again, we just put our bullseye Mm -hmm. in there, sort of our mission statement, not to say this should be anybody else's, but to give people a chance to go, oh, so that's the Wilsons. Let's go write our own, you know, be creative and think it. And so ours was this simple and each one sort of hits a Mm -hmm. stage. Like the first part is train and launch L3 warriors. I'll just stop there. Uh, the, The zero to five, we call it the discipline stage. And five to twelve, we call the training stage. Mm-hmm. Those first twelve years, and again, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here like I'm some expert, but well, it's like it's- they're they're sort of the training and discipline years uh, that are critical. The first twelve years are really really right. important. And
4: we usually think that we have eighteen years with our kids in our under our roofs,
3: which by the way is nine hundred and thirty six weeks. <laughs> think about
4: that. Well, when you say it that way, That's how many
3: weeks you have? Yeah.
4: All I remember was thinking when our kids were born, I'm never going to get to sleep in again. That's all I thought. <laughs> yep. But uh, somebody, uh, You want to hear a funny wait, story? Wait, wait. Somebody <laughs> explained it to me as like there's a window, you know, window of opportunity. And the ages are really zero to 12 where your voice is the loudest hmm. voice. And you guys have probably heard this because that window starts to close right. the closer they get to 13. And it's not that you don't still have influence It's just now they're looking to the outer world, their friends, their peers, the the world and culture for what's going on and their opinions and values. But those first 12 years, it's all us. Mm -hmm. And so it makes me think like, oh, I want to lock into those first 12 years, especially and really be voicing our values, our morals, our thoughts, our dream for our family. Jesus, this is all like this is what Jesus means to me, our family. But what were you going to say?
3: You know, it's it's really the discipline training stage, but it's really hard because yeah. mm. what Ann said—you're just you're trying to just survive, and at the same time, you're like, how do we get moments to train discipline uh, when they're five, when they're mm. six? And well, you us do
4: the very first one. two or
3: three. Yeah, we'll do it. I mean, what Ann just said made me think of a crazy, funny story. We're getting ready to do a parenting series at our church, and so uh, often each campus has their own teaching pastor, but on this series they said, Hey, for the kickoff of the first week, we want you and Ann just on video everywhere. So we have a Saturday night service in one of our campuses. So we just give that live and they film it. And so they said, you know, do a good job. We're not going to edit, just do it. So I'm super like, okay, we gotta make sure we do this well because we're not even going to be here tomorrow and blah blah blah. And so Ann looks at me at the beginning of the message and she says, So what do you remember about the toddler years? What what comes to your mind? And I had in my notes written I remember thinking I'll never get another nap, you know, because you never get to take a nap because right. it's just chaos. Yeah. So we looked down, and for some reason, I want to make sure I say this so right. Just I'm, so
4: you know, moms really never get to take naps. Right? Yeah, even after. <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> even after. Yep. So I
3: looked out at my notes, and here's what comes out of my mouth I said, I remember thinking I'll never take another crap. <laughs> <of my life. laughs> And everybody just starts laughing. And I'll never forget. I look back at the video team. I'm like, you edit that. Do not put that out tomorrow. Of course, they put it out tomorrow. And I'm still getting texts from buddies like, hey, have you taken a it.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That's incredible. And the
3: thing is, those years, you do feel like that. Yeah. So to even think about discipline, but uh, maybe you know Ephesians 6 4 says, you know, to parents, uh, raise your children in the instruction and discipline. Of the mm-hmm. Lord, so there's a pretty good, you know, example there. Is like that's our job in those early first twelve years. It never ends, but the first twelve years are critical because I think it's easy to think, well, that's the church's job. Mm. They're okay. going to do the Lord's stuff. Uh, I'm going to get my kid in a Christian school. They're going to do that. And again, those are great. And the and the church and the Christian school hopefully partner. Yeah, but I don't think we should ever forget. No, 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 no. That's not their job. Mm. That's our yeah. job. Right. And so it's our job to. And Anne was a. She was a genius at this inputting the Word of God every back then cassette tapes CDs that we could play and utilize as a mm-hmm. tool at bedtime I mean she was great at season bedtime, dinner time and car
4: time yeah. well that's what I said I think the toddler years those beginning beginning years it really is if it, it feels like a survival yeah. stage but I think for me what I learned and I was frustrated with that stage was like I don't know how I get Jesus time anymore. Mm-hmm. My kids are up before the sun is up, you know, I'm exhausted when I go to bed. And so I had to figure out like, Lord, how do I get, it felt like such a dry desert time for me spiritually. And so I remember thinking, I need to figure this out, Lord. And so even in Deuteronomy 6, when Moses is saying um, to train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he won't depart. That's not Deuteronomy 6. But then the Shema is love the Lord your Mm -hmm. God with all your heart strength. But then it says, talk about him That's right. when you walk along the way, when you sit down, when you lie down, when you wake up. And so I remember thinking, that's how I'm going to do my walk with God in these early days. I can remember putting my kids in car seats and just praying out loud as soon as I'd strap them in, Lord, we give you this day, pray for protection. Mm -hmm. And I would start praying out loud in my car all the time. That started when they were toddlers and it never ended. Yeah. And when I was doing the wash, you know, you're doing your wash. Sometimes you have your baby on your back, on your front. <laughs> yeah. you know, they're in their little jumpy seat there. But I'm doing laundry, and I thought, okay, as I do laundry and I'm folding clothes, I'm going to pray out loud and pray for whoever I'm praying, whoever's yeah. clothes I'm folding. Yeah, that's oh, I love that. When I'm at the kitchen, and moms are always doing dishes at the sink, and so I started confessing mm-hmm. sin and like or frustration, and I had Bibles everywhere. And I had one in the car. I had one by mm-hmm. the by the table, I had one in the bathroom because I realized, oh, I need to input mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah. I'm feeling so dry, so alone. I feel unseen. And there was just something really sweet about connecting with God everywhere That's wonderful. and doing it out loud so that it would be, I wanted my kids to know, I know I'm failing, but this relationship that I have with Jesus, I want you to see it because he's my life. Right. He's my everything. And I want him to be yours as yeah. well. So those beginning year, I felt like, honestly, zero to five, half the time I was surviving. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really was.
3: I remember one of our uh, sons went on a mission trip in college and he told us this story. They were in Chicago or somewhere walking and praying out loud about God using them.
4: It was and an ambulance that went by. And they yeah. Prayed.
3: Anyway, one of the girls said, wow, I've never prayed out loud like this. This was so mm. cool. And Cody just, thought wow this was every day in my Uh, house
1: yeah yeah. Yeah.
3: but it hit him how unique that was that it wasn't everybody's house and again we're not saying hey look at us she's just saying man that's one way to train and instruct Mm -hmm. your children in those early years and again and
4: my prayers aren't always Jesus everything is perfect my sometimes living in Michigan like lord what is up with 5 days in a row of no silence? yes like we're dying for lord Jesus. we need something going on here yeah, exactly. or lord i feel so frustrated today or lord i feel angry today so that they see it's a relationship right. with god mm, yeah. like mm-hmm. he's my best friend yeah mm-hmm. that's good um and then when you would get into the uh those minivan mm-hmm. days this like you, I feel like you guys are in this sweet spot with your
0: kids. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the Kidnap Gomez family out of Babyland a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold. It's those years where you
4: feel like you're in a van or a car constantly because you're all over yeah. the place except when <laughs> you <Yeah>. open it. <laughs> and these were the years we decided, like, if we're talking about what are we trying to create even in our homes? And we decided, like, let's create a place. And this is based on who I am. Like Dave and I, if you've ever done the Enneagram, we're
1: both sevens. Oh, okay. We're both threes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
4: I can be, a, I can, that three for me is pretty high too. So I can get into that achiever. Yeah. What are we mm-hmm, going <laughs> to accomplish today? But uh, there's a part of me that I thought, okay, God, how have you made me? What are my gifts, my strengths, my passions? Because I got into a bad point on these tra- these years of minivan right. days, I started comparing myself a lot mm. to other moms, and I'd see them and our one friends who we started the church with. They were always listening to classic literature <laughs> with their kids, and their kids are like five. I'm <laughs> like, you know, we're like doing rock <laughs> stuff. And I'm thinking we are going to raise the dumbest people on the planet. That's what we're doing. And then my other friend, she was just super chill and like laid back and I'm pretty intense. So I just kept thinking, oh, my kids should have her as a mom hmm. and my kids would really benefit from, from, and you guys, we can do this on social media. Like yeah, that's right. mm-hmm. very much so. And so I remember asking God, God, who am I? Mm. And you've put these kids under my roof on purpose. You didn't want Callie to be their mom. I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. their mom. I must have something in me to offer Mm. them. And so those were good questions for being at their identity questions. And what do I have, God, that I can give them? And so that really, and Dave too, Dave's, Dave, you know, it became this joke where, okay, we're, we like to have fun. We like to create memories. Mm -hmm. And so- We would have every kid in the neighborhood at our house (laughs) and they would knock on the door and ask if Mr. and Mrs. Wilson could come out and play. (laughs) And the kids would be a bonus too. But I'm seeing again, that's just who we are. And so I think it's good for parents to say, who Who, who am I? Yeah. You know,
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, for sure, we were hoping to create a house that would be a magnet, Mm -hmm. that our kids would want to come home to, especially when they're teenagers, and the neighborhood kids would want to be here. And joy creates a magnet, yeah. you know? So that's sort of something we tried to bring. And and that's not always easy when you're exhausted. Very yeah. true. And maybe you're yelling at each other because of the kids, or you can blame it on the kids, but you're still yelling at each other. Um, but it's fighting through that to create a haven. Yeah. They create a home that hate. Yeah. yeah,
1: so so that's those minivan days, right? That training stage of mm-hmm. five to 12. How about that next stage yeah. on target with teens, the coaching stage of 12 to 18? yeah. What advice would you have for parents? I, you, in that I
4: think for us,
3: it's one of our favorite if yeah. not the favorite We loved stage. all the
4: phases. They're hard and easy things about each phase, but we kind of love the teenage years.
3: And we and you know, I was afraid of those years, like many parents thinking, Oh my goodness, they're gonna rebel, they're gonna make really bad decisions. And we're not sitting here saying we love those years because they were perfect, because they mm-hmm. weren't. They did make bad decisions and regrettable decisions. But for me, at least, I know Anne feels the same way. They're, it's almost adult to adult. They're really
4: becoming right. adults, and um, we called it the years of list of sitting in the question mm. because before they come home and say, "Hey, our friends are going to this movie, can we go?" And before they're thirteen, if they're zero to twelve, you're like, "No, this that movie's not appropriate." But then things, the conversation switches as teenagers. Instead of just coming and saying no you're wanting them to start learning how to make decisions for themselves. And so we would know the answer is going to be no, but we didn't Mm. say it. And so we'd say things like, well, let's talk about it. Mm. Like, tell us about the movie. What do you think about it? You know, is that something that you think would be beneficial? And so we learned to live that. And that's why it's so fun. Mm. You've been pouring into them for 12 years. Let's see now what your thought process is on some of Mm, these things. That's good.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things we learned, and I think it's a, it sounds easy and simple, but I think a lot of parents forget when your kids are hitting 13, 14, maybe even 12 if they're early, earlier in puberty, is there, uh, Shanti Feldhahn says in a book for parents only, she does a whole study of parenting year or mm-hmm. teenage years. She interviews teens and basically says, here's what they told me. Uh, Shanti says they are addicted to something when they're teenagers. Mm. They are addicted. You know what she says? they're addicted to freedom Hmm. because they're becoming adults and they're tasting some freedom and it's like exciting to them. Uh And so parents, I think sometimes freak out when they start pulling away, like, Hey, can you drop me off a mile from school? I don't want anybody to see you, you know, that (laughs) type of deal. They, you know, and a lot of parents, when that starts to happen, we sort of pull back because they're pulling away Mm. Rather than going, wait, 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 that's totally normal. Nice. They should be pulling yep. away. They will question uh, the things we've been saying for years. Uh, we should, and we put in the book, there's three things I think is really critical for to do in the teenage years. And the first one is pursue, pursue, pursue. Mm-hmm. Don't stop pursuing them just because they're pulling right. away. Figure out creative ways to still, because the key, and again, we sound like experts, right? Like we know everything. We don't. But the key to the teenage years is relationship. Yeah. You got to cultivate that relationship and if you don't they're going to pull away because they should Mm -hmm. and their relationship could be a hundred percent with their friends and so you got to figure out ways to pursue them and spend time with them and keep that relationship going because the other thing that teenagers say about their parents number one complaint is my parents don't listen yeah and probably it's true you know they start to say something you cut them off like no no, that's that's dumb you're not gonna think like that it's like no no like ann said live in the question Mm -hmm. ask them well why do you think that and listen, and that builds a relationship. So we put in the book, pursue, 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 yeah. listen, listen, mm-hmm. listen. And then the last one we put in that chapter was model, 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 because they're not listening so much anymore. They're watching. Yeah, yeah. very true. You know, you can talk all you want about a relationship with God. If it's not seen and real in your mm-hmm. life, and we all know this, you can't give away what you don't first That's possess. Right. And if, you, if it isn't here, you can say anything you want about the Bible is really important. They never see you reading it or knowing mm-hmm. it, uh, or quoting it. And I'm not saying go around quoting the Bible, but living out the truth of the word, if it's just a Sunday thing or a youth group thing, and they're not seeing it in mom and dad, it's not going to stick That's as right. well. So those are key in those years.
4: Yeah. yeah. I would say don't get your feelings hurt in those years. I <laughs> say they're roughest stuff. Right, And I will say we are at this big church gathering This is awful with a bunch of parents and kids, a big potluck thing. And we are getting ready to pray. There's probably 10, 15 adults and 30 kids. And there's silence in the room. And we can hear somebody, 14-year-old boy say, this food looks like crap. (laughs) And it was our son. It was our 14-year-old boy says that in front of everybody. And of course, I am like, oh, and what do we worry about his parents? We worry whatever yeah, else Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so then he makes this other big scene when I ask him to carry his brother out to the car because he only had ice skates. His little brother. I said, hey, just put Cody on your back. And then he huffs and puffs for everybody to hear very dramatically. I have to do everything around <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. So you guys. He goes out to the car and I'm right behind him, like, Oh, you were in so much trouble. That was so disrespectful. And, you know, I'm just going on and on. And he puts his little brother into the car. And as he's doing that, he's kind of off balance. And I look and see this big snow drift by him. And I just nudge my shoulder and he falls into this snowbank because I push <laughs> him into it. And then I get in the car and I lock all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and, you know, he's banging <laughs> on the window, Dad! And Dave comes out, he's like. I'm like, what is happening <laughs> right now? Of course, That's when I said I will never speak on parenting. <laughs> now we're writing a book. But you can be super hard on yourself. And mm. I'm just going to say, you do things and say things that you regret later. And so do our kids. But to not give up. I love that. Yeah. I think that God's put us in those homes. Yeah. And- Seek after Jesus because he loves us and them more than we can
1: imagine. Well, Dave and Anne, I mean, this has been so wonderful and uh, just all the stories. I mean, this is just the best. You guys are fantastic. (laughs) And you know what? We're getting to the end of our time together and there is one more stage uh, we're not going to have time to get to. That's that friendship stage of 18 and over. But if you want to dig into that stage and learn more about what Dave and Anne have to say, just to, I know you guys keep... One saying you're not experts, but men, y'all have so much wisdom, so much wisdom that is in this book, No Perfect Parents. So, podcast family, if you haven't yet picked it up, be sure to do that. Uh, And they're great storytellers, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, for sure. (laughs) So, uh, just to wrap things up, we would love for you just to share uh, some advice you would have for parents who are feeling lost or hopeless. Uh, especially right now in their parenting journey because of COVID, through COVID, uh, just the ones that are really feeling lost and hopeless, what word of encouragement would you have for them?
4: I mean, my first thought was um, get on your knees mm. before yeah. Jesus and surrender everything to yeah. him. And um, cry out for your kid's sake and your sake as well. He loves you. He hears you. Um, I know that our kids are always struggling too. And as a, from a mom's heart, when my kids struggle, I'm struggling. Mm. And it just, it just really affects me. And so I would say also to speak life into mm. your kids and to try to listen to what God, like I try to listen sometimes and I say, God, show me the greatness in Dave. Show me the greatness in our kids yeah. and then help me to speak that out and show them. And it's hard to do when your eyes are on yourself. And so I'm like, Jesus, you need to get my eyes off of yeah. myself because it's easy to do in this time. It feels fearful. It, it's confusing. It feels very anxiety driven and ridden. And so I would say those things. Speak life to yourself, too. Like say the things that God would say to mm-hmm. him, because don't let the enemy is always looking for a little crack. You know, he, so, he seeks to only kill, steal, mm-hmm. and destroy. So listen to the Father who brings life and gives it abundantly.
1: Yeah, that's so
3: good. Yeah, I would just add um, that speak life. Proverbs 18, 21, life and death is in the power yeah. of the tongue, is critical for parents. But I would also say, you know, if your kids are doing great, don't take all the credit. If they're not doing well, don't take the blame. Mm. It's it's really God's job to raise our kids. And we are imperfect parents. He is perfect. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share this. We had a, a good friend in our men's small group and, and women's small group, a couple who almost lost their marriage to an affair. Mm. And the first time we met with them after the affair, I got in the car and said to Ann on the way home, even God can't save this marriage, which I should have never said. That's like blasphemy Mm. to say God can't do something. But as I looked at them and where they were, I thought, there's no hope. There's no way. Guess what? God saved that marriage. It was a lot of work and separation and brokenness, but... God still raises people from the dead and he raises marriages from the dead. Hmm. And I would just say to the parents are struggling and sees no hope. God can do a miracle. Right. You can't. So like Ann said, all you, all we can do as parents is get on our knees and say, God, we have tried, we did everything we could. We thought we did the best and look where they are right now. We, we we have no hope. And God says, trust yeah. me. I got Mm -hmm. it. I can do something. It may happen this year. It may not happen for 10 years. I don't know. Only God knows. But at the end of the day, I hope a a parent that's struggling can lay their head on the pillow and say, I lifted him Hmm. up to God. He's the only one that can do it. I can't. And so I'm asking him for a miracle. Wow.
2: Oh, Dave and Anne, thank you so much for speaking life and wisdom and love into us and our podcast family. We just so appreciate everything that you've shared with us that we've, uh, you know, had a great time laughing and learning from you (laughs) as your self-proclaimed, not a perfect parent, but we do appreciate (laughs) you sharing and being vulnerable with us in Mm -hmm. your journey as parents into launching our kids into the world. So we'd love if you would share with us. And our podcast family. Uh, where is the best place to find you on socials or if people want to pick up a book, find out more about the information and uh, the resources that you have? Where can, where can we point them to?
3: Just put our names together, Dave Ann Wilson. just one word in you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Dave Ann Wilson. Our website's Dave And we're on uh, a radio podcast through family life called Family Life Today every day. So it's on stations around the around the awesome. country at different times at different cities, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Family Life's app and just listen to the and we interview couples like you guys, mm-hmm. experts, authors in the area of marriage and family. That's all we that's all we do. Yeah. And so that's how we try to help.
4: And you can find people. our books on on Amazon or, or anywhere. Yeah us we don't know where they are wherever, they are, <laughs>
1: wherever you get your books yeah on. wherever wherever books are sold we'll right so yeah. Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. available hey, on you guys, kindle too, for all you're doing too. <laughs> oh thank you we appreciate no, you as it's well. a joy to yeah, journey together yeah it no? is thank you
3: anytime <laughs> just call us up and we'll join you anytime. oh thank you guys Wonderful.
1: Now, didn't you love the way that they shared advice about each of those stages?
2: Mm-hmm. And I loved just the practical stories that really exemplified those stages i was laughing as she was talking about the you know kicking the hole in the wall yeah. and y'all i don't know if i mean if you can see their picture like she's tiny yeah. she's a little one so there was a lot of gusto that went oh, into yeah. kicking of the wall yes
1: yes i mean that reminded me of the time i kicked a hole in the wall when i was a teenager ah <laughs> yes did was... you
2: cover it with wallpaper
1: uh no i did it right in front of my mom's eyes oh no <laughs> yeah yeah i still remember it today <laughs> but the fact that her kids were like dad dad look what mom did yeah. after she tried to cover it <laughs> was just priceless oh
2: children are the best truth tellers aren't <laughs> yes. they yes so about you, other people's business.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right so if you want to help make someone's day and just help spread the joy and make another parent laugh we would be honored if you would share this episode with them it's super easy all you got to do is hit the share button on your favorite podcasting app or just text them the link org slash episode 141 and not only will they get a link directly to this episode but they'll see the show notes and all the other the links related to find resources more about and their and books and, and, exactly, and yeah all of that. they
2: have a lot of stuff out there which we truly appreciate and make sure you subscribe to our podcast as well so that you will have all of these amazing parenting and marriage tools coming right to you week after week you don't even have to think about it you just subscribe and it drops in it comes to you y'all you don't even have to go to it it comes
1: to you <laughs> and the best part It's free. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen into our podcast. We really do appreciate you and consider you our podcast fan. So if you're not connected with us on social media as well, that's probably the best way just to uh, connect with us and talk with us and, and allow this just to be a two way conversation. So in between show on all the platforms is our handle. All right. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.